Good evening, dummies. Matthew from Don't Unfriend Me. Yes, I called you dummies. Don't take offense. I'm trying to shorten the intro to the show, so let's do it as fast as we can. We're going to talk about the Christmas parade that happened in Wisconsin and the horrible, horrible news and the terrible atrocities that took place. Tonight's show is going to be deep and involved, and we're going down an emotional highway, no pun intended. Please stay with me for episode 257. It's going to be pretty deep tonight. I hope you stick around. I'll be right back after these messages. That's the outro. It always works this way, folks. I apologize. Now, here's the intro. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. I have a lot of people live, a whole bunch of people on Twitch. It's great to see. Thank you to all my Twitch supporters, Facebook, YouTube, and a few on Twitter. It's wonderful to have you here for episode once again, 257. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Listen, do me a favor. You can like, share, and subscribe if you would not mind over on don'tunfriendme.com, Facebook, YouTube, Google, wherever you want to be. Please do that. It means the world if you like, share, and follow, and God saves a puppy when you do. What is a dummy? A dummy is a don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. If I call you a dumb dumb, you might want to take offense. But a dummy is a term of endearment for our listeners. Last but not least, you can go over and see the brand new Let's Go Brandon shirt on don'tunfriendme.com. Click the shop. All made in America, veteran made. And I know it's a plug and I appreciate you being patient as we get to the show. Let's get to it now. Wakosha is the result of neglect to address the real problem. I have been fortunate in my time that I have only lost a few of those closest to me, even though the ones I have lost were all tragic and some even horrific. I have managed to keep myself distant to losing the ones closest to me, and I'm aware that this is more fortuitous in nature versus anything by my own design. During the late afternoon of April 20, 1999, my girlfriend, now my wife, and I were staging for a night filled with hockey and playoff atmosphere. We were in Wyoming at the time, but were in Colorado constantly and had lived there since I was 18 years old. We were diehard fans of the Avs and still are till this day. We did not expect to hear much about the game beforehand, and the internet was not nearly like it is today. News traveled slower 20 years ago, but when we heard the playoff games had been canceled, we understood that something different was taking place. Remember, this was pre-9-11. School shootings were random and isolated at best. This was the beginning of a new wave of homicidal tendencies and senseless destruction. We Are Columbine is a statement that still rings true in my heart till this day. With hundreds of mass shootings, attacks, explosions, vehicular slaughter, and more nonsensical loss of human life than any of us thought possible, this was the beginning, or at least the catalyst, for the world we live in till this day. The shooters who do not deserve to have names killed 13 people and left more than 20 others injured that day 
The shooting itself took just 16 minutes, and the cowards turned their weapons on themselves within the hour. But in a devastating flurry of miscommunication and chaos among the law enforcement agencies that responded, a wounded teacher slowly bled out in a classroom after waiting four hours for paramedics to arrive. As desperate students put up a sign in the window that read, One Bleeding to Death. The shooting highlighted the lack of preparation and strategy needed to respond to a fast-moving massacre that was over in just mere minutes, but left a trail of destruction and death. None of us understood then how important situational awareness and preparedness would become in the coming decades. Of course, the amount of shock and awe would expand exponentially and grow each year. From 9-11 to El Paso, San Jose, Pensacola, Virginia Beach, Thousand Oaks, Little Rock, Orlando, Waco, Las Vegas, Sandy Hook, and too many others to count. Even 12 years later, we were living in Colorado when the Aurora Theater shootings took place, and the scars from Columbine were still lagging indicators that things hadn't changed. They had only gotten worse. I'm not here to talk about gun control or mental health or the reasons why madmen do mad things, hence the title Madman. Their process of disseminating information and conclusions are inherently evil, and you may as well be speaking ancient Greek in any futile effort to comprehend their process. The rabbit hole of why, how, what, where, and who are just window dressing for the real question. Conjecture and speculation often cloud situations with already enough of the latter to begin with. The real question is, how do we stop this from happening ever again? We could start with the mass media and the people in positions of power to stop giving these things life by reliving it 24 hours a day. The endless news cycles and constant bombardment just continue to inspire other insanity to take place. And the one thing that these all have in common is that every one of them have referenced the previous dastardly acts compared to their own making them more horrific and larger in scope and scale. More weapons and higher death counts is the goal in order to gain the attention in the afterlife and to transfer their distaste for life that none of them were able to achieve in their own reality. Five people were killed and at least 48 others were injured when a 39-year-old man driving an SUV plowed through the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin a city of about 70,000. I am sad to announce a five-year-old child has just passed and is now the sixth victim. The suspect, who is 39 and I will not name, made bail twice in Wisconsin this year despite having an active sex crime warrant out from Nevada and claiming to be indignant, court records show. Waukesha residents came together Monday evening to pay their respects to those who lost their lives in the tragedy and to try and make sense of a completely senseless tragedy shortly after you may not have seen this video is a short video of the man accused going to a neighbor's house ringing the doorbell and seeking an uber and you actually get to see the moments right before his arrest here it is that's not it let's do this first Can I, I call some I call the Uber 
And I'm supposed to be waiting for it over here, but I don't know when it's coming. Can you call it for me, please? I'm homeless. The horrific events in Waukesha have generated questions within myself about how law enforcement might have failed to protect the Wisconsin town. In recent days, public attention has shifted to the fact that the suspect who plowed his SUV into a crowd gathered for a Christmas parade on Sunday. The suspect was released from jail earlier this month on what Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm called an inappropriately low bail amount. A self-described progressive, Chisholm has championed left-leaning reforms and previously acknowledged that his proposals could result in a person being let go and committing murder. Quote, is there going to be an individual I divert or I put into a treatment program who's going to go out and kill somebody? He reportedly told the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal in 2007. You bet. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen. It does not invalidate the overall approach. Well, John, I think you nailed it on the head, and given your predictive capabilities, I'm wondering if you still feel the same. Now that the bail has been set for $5 million, finally a person with the fortitude to ensure this man never sees the light of day. And now that you've had the chance to close your eyes and allow the demons to come, do you see their faces? When you look at your own family, do you feel more disconnected or closer to them than ever before? Maybe you will look around more often in restaurants. Maybe you will check the movie theater doors at every matinee or hug your kids extra tight before sending them to school. Welcome to my fucking world, John. It is a scary place cloaked in trepidation and cynicism. This is the world we live in, and we know that you and people like you created it in all of its fantastical and abhorrent splendor. Hardened criminals do not deserve leniency. They do not deserve absolution until they have earned the right to reenter society. Using proverbial monopoly money and get-out-of-jail-free cards is playing fast and loose with the system established to keep innocent Americans safe, period. The very definition of progression is to proceed step-by-step to ensure forward progress for the betterment of growth and forward momentum. This is not progress. This is an antithetical example of progress. I am for the rehabilitation of criminals to reenter society after they are extensively vetted and demonstrate behavior that is conducive to being a productive member of society. Until then, let them serve every remaining day in their sentence. I do not abide by lawbreakers, and I don't condone half-assed politicians who release dangerous felons on the unsuspecting public. This man is just as responsible as anyone else, and the reason for that escaped his own lips. He knew the dangers. He flaunted in front of his city. He should pay for his inaction and be held accountable for his dereliction of duty.
The first responders did what they always do, everything they could. While Kesha residents who witnessed the Christmas parade tragedy on Sunday are praising the first responders, law enforcement personnel, and citizens who immediately jumped in to help in the wake of the attack. They stood by the fallen in an effort to preserve the scene and also out of respect for the loved ones left behind. Our first responders should be held to the highest praise and honor for their selfless efforts. The city should also be held to the same standard of scrutiny, and the question remains, how many of these do we have to witness before we start protecting people in large gatherings? I have read all the articles online and seen the video. The reference to barricades are laughable. They are A-frame sawhorses that were turned upside down, and they're not going to do anything against a vehicle. The illusion of protection is not the same as OPSEC. The city that collects revenue from these events is responsible for maintaining the safety on public streets. That falls directly in the purview of the city, without exception. Every ball game or concert people have seen, and we've seen it in person. There should have been bollards at best, vehicles offset for maximum protection, or at the very least spike strips laid in the path of possible breaching points. Lastly, there should have been an armed element set back from entry points and exit points that could engage the assailant from elevated positions, anything to maximize an offset offense with defensive stalwarts in place. None of this happened. Firing a Glock at a moving target like a vehicle may work in the movies, but it doesn't work in real life. Ask any veteran who has unloaded a magazine into an oncoming vehicular threat about the outcome. Cars do not simply flip over and stop like in Hollywood. They have momentum. They have inertia. They have critical mass, and they will win every time. I don't care how many concealed carries there were in that situation. It isn't enough. We must do better. We have to do better. Instead of trying to build back better, maybe we can just bore down, bolster, and barricade. Every major event has to have permits to operate, and this parade was no exception. Instead of the city lining their coffers, maybe they could protect their constituents instead of lining coffins. Hell, they can even look at it as an investment. Look at all the tax revenue you vultures just lost. It is despicable, if not completely true. Last but not least, there needs to be a light shown on the self-aggrandizing opportunists who make these events about them and steals the memory from the victims, whether it's politicians who push their political agenda or Michael Moore who made millions off the lives of victims of Columbine or the loon that is Alec Jones or the ever-present media machine that hammers us endlessly with wave after wave of breaking news that is neither breaking or news. They need to be held responsible for the impact, defamation, and slander they project onto the innocent. It isn't the time to project your narrative or have a fundraiser. I don't care if it's the NRA or the National Die-In Group. If you take an introspective look at yourself and ask yourself the question, if the families of the fallen were here before me, would I be ashamed of the context coming out of my mouth? And if so, then perhaps it is time you listen more and talk less. I mean a whole lot less. And this next guy is no exception. I don't know. Now, we'll have to wait and see, because they did. They do have somebody in custody. 
we may have to wait and see what they say about why this happened. But it sounds like possible that the revolution has started in Wisconsin. Starting with this Christmas parade. Uh, now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something I'm missing. But it's, I said I wasn't going to speak on the rumors. Y'all are repeating some of the stuff that, you know, that has come up. And uh, I, I did tell you that the initial person who reached out to me said that they believe that this has to do with the verdict. Um, and so I made an assumption of which side it would be from, but I don't know. Sounds like somebody, um, multiple people, and I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm not going to report it or support I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not going to repeat it by repeating it. Before anything was known, before a motive was released or a statement was made, this man had already embraced the driver who needlessly killed so many and injured countless others. Brooks' violent past stretches back to 1999 when he was accused and later convicted of aggravated battery with intent to cause great bodily harm. Most recently, he allegedly ran a woman over and punched her in the face on November 2nd. He was an outstanding warrant in Nevada for skipping bail on a sex crime charge. Also noted that his criminal record also extends to Georgia. This man is no hero or role model, yet BLM has openly called for riots and violence after the Rittenhouse trial that had nothing to do with racial injustice and everything to do with self-defense. The man you just saw is Vaughn Mays. He is a well-known activist in Milwaukee. He describes himself as a battle rapper, a community activist, songwriter, tattoo artist, and militant in his Twitter bio, which is accompanied by various hashtags, including hashtag Black Lives Matter, Black Love Matter, and RBG. Mays wasn't recording this from 1,000 miles away. He wasn't watching it on TV. The man was at ground zero of the attack and had the gall to take credit and almost enthusiastically and sheepishly at the same time use this abhorrent event to kick off a self-proclaimed revolution. Mays has positioned himself as one of the key leaders of the BLM in Milwaukee, showing up at protests, criticizing the police in inflammatory terms, and being arrested after a bizarre incident in which a Milwaukee house was targeted by a crowd over unproven sex trafficking accusations. Last year, Vaughn Mays tracked Wahootsa police officer Joseph Mensah down to a Milwaukee restaurant where he live-streamed the officer and his girlfriend calling Mensah a punk. He is one of the three most prolific BLM leaders. So in other words, we should see BLM erect a statue of him any moment now. And why is it that the supposed woke freedom fighters all have had their freedoms taken away or in the process of having them removed? Was it about this culture of victimhood from the people who manufacture the most victims overall? Shouldn't that say something about the group BLM that is now becoming radicalized from the top down? What was once supposedly a group that had fringe elements of agitators and criminals has now been saturated with a criminal and anarchist mindset within the organization. 
One out of five of the riots slash protests in 2020 were indeed peaceful, but that stat is becoming a distant and tired excuse that all future protests will remain that way. The element that infiltrated the BLM movement and the citizens who joined it looking to support the black community were bamboozled. They proverbial, the proverbial wool has been pulled over their eyes after the lavish houses and lifestyles for the highest members in the hierarchy, the questionable antics and morally depraved speech coming from the highest echelons, the devastating damage and double talk of insurrection for some and not others. BLM has a Tea Party problem and an Occupy Wall Street problem. Leaderless mobs or a lack of moral turpitude always leads to fringe factions rising to power and exposing your weakest vulnerabilities. BLM is no longer or was never. It's never been a cause that helped one African-American and now it is doing nothing but hurting them and their reputations. If you want a revolution, I will tell you what I tell Republicans who constantly whine about losing to Biden. They obfuscate and point fingers. They admonish the electorate and scream of deep state antics. All of that may or may not be true, but I can assure you nobody in Washington is going to fix these issues. The same people who created the deficit are now pretending to balance the budget. You seriously believe the inmates are going to hold the asylum accountable? Wake up! You can either complain or you can vote. And the interesting thing is that this is the key to do both. Your voice and vote can make a change, but only if you do something about it or continue to scoff at the way things are and continue to change nothing. BLM and African-Americans who support them are in the same boat. Stop crying. Work harder. Take pride in your neighborhoods. Support the single mothers and teach the fathers that family is paramount. The days of family in the inner city do not reflect what they once were. And if you want to take it back, you don't need to burn it. You need to earn it. Fight back with your voice. Stop voting for the same party that has kept you there for 65 years. Have a voice or stand up and lead. That is how revolutions start. And if you think... It really threw overthrowing the government and violence against your fellow man is the way that I will tell you what I tell my audience who believes that revolt is a viable solution. Not only are you crazy as them, but the both of you as a collective are what is wrong with this great nation. Folks, that is it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. I got a little fired up. I appreciate it. Please do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe on all my channels. It would mean a great deal. Stop by my website, pick up a shirt or something else. I will go out like I always do with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Please do me a favor. Traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression, PTS are all very real. Veterans are struggling every single day with these things. Conversation helps. It is the cure, and it is the road to recovery. Make that phone call. If you can't reach out to me, I'll make it with you. And if that doesn't work, they can go to my website, donorfriendly.com, click on the VCL link. They'll be connected to a Skype operator or by phone. It is free of charge. It is 100% anonymous. And also, it's not just for veterans. It's for every American out there who may need and struggle with mental health. Folks, thank you for tonight. I had a good time talking to you. Tomorrow, I will have another show. 8.30 Eastern, stop on by, be there or be square. Good night. God bless. And my live audience, stick around. I'll be on for a few more minutes. Um, um, um.